0: My friends in Christ, we know that the church's year is drawing to a close when we get readings like the ones we got this morning. Both the reading from the prophet Daniel and the passage from Mark's gospel point to the end times, and they do so in language we call apocalyptic, vivid, visionary, colorful, and highly poetic. Both employ language and imagery rooted in human experience, but that go well beyond human experience. In Daniel, the language is of the Great Tribulation, where there is unsurpassed distress that leads up to the final judgment, and there's a lot more apocalyptic language in Daniel as well. In Mark, the coming of the Son of Man in glory is visualized in terms of, of a darkened sun the moon failing to give its light, stars falling from the sky, and the very powers of heaven shaken. Is any of this to be taken literally? No, that's not the nature of apocalyptic literature. The apocalyptic writers were the J.R.R. R. Tolkings, or the Salvador Dali's of their day. We might say that they are a little closer to science fiction than they are to hard science, so no literal reading. But that does not mean that truth is not conveyed in all that fantastic imagery. It most certainly is. Both those readings convey a most profound and pressing truth, namely, that the world as we know it is going to come to an end. This mixed bag, mixed up world of ours, this world of sin and selflessness, of laughter and tears, of hunger and plenty, of hovels and high-rises of angry volcanoes and serene sunsets of war and peace, this world is going to come to an end. God's magnificent plan will one day be finally realized and the human family will share in the victory of Christ and creation itself will be set free from its labor pains and share the glorious freedom of the children of God, to use St. Paul's words in the letters to the Romans. If all this doesn't get us thinking, stir our curiosity, and awaken our emotions, we must be asleep at the switch. Humans that we are, we are naturally curious, and we ought to want to know not only that these things will take place in one way or another, but when they will take place. Is the last day tomorrow? Is it 10 years from now? Or 10,000? Or is it light years away? Will it happen in an instant, or will it unfold over time? Or will we even know, since time itself will have ceased? And the answer is, we do not know. As we heard from Jesus in today's gospel, of that day or hour, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. But, my friends, such ignorance should not immobilize us or leave us feeling impotent. In fact, it should fire the engines of our hope, deepen our longing, make us stand on our tiptoes, so to speak. Even though we Christians should live our lives in the now, embracing each day, each moment as grace, as gift from God, still our orientation should also be to what is to come as we look beyond the now to what will be, to the culmination of the created order and the second coming of Christ. That means that there's always going to be a certain tension in our lives, or there should be, a tension between the now and what is to come. As someone once aptly put it, we must not be so heavenly-minded as to be no earthly good, but neither can we be so wedded to this world that we give little or no thought to what is to come. You know, I'm sure, that the last words of the entire Bible, the conclusion of the book of Revelation, are the words, Come, Lord Jesus. Those words were the frequent prayer, a kind of mantra, of the earliest Christians, the expression of their constant awareness and their deepest longing. Well, they should be for us as well. Come, Lord Jesus. We get an echo of them every time we pray, Thy kingdom come, in the Lord's Prayer and at every Mass when we hear words so familiar that we are apt to tune them out. These words, by the help of your mercy, may we be free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. My friends in Christ, it is good, it is salutary for us to think about these things. And it is imperative that we live our lives in light of these things. In another week, we will mark the end of the church's year as we celebrate the Feast of Christ the King. And the Sunday following that, we will begin the season of Advent, a word whose very meaning is the coming. And there are three comings we look to. We look back to the coming of Christ at Christmas, of course. We embrace the coming of Christ in all the ways He manifests Himself to us right now during this, our earthly pilgrimage. and. We look forward to the coming of Christ in glory at the end of time. Any way you look at it, the Christian life is all about Advent, all about the coming, the comings. Christian life is an extended Advent. On this particular Sunday, the church wants us to fix our eyes on the third of those comings, Christ's coming in great power and glory. But my friends, we must not let that ultimate horizon blind us to the near horizon, to Christ's daily comings among us, often in rags and tatters, hungry, lonely, frightened, sick, suffering. Our challenge will always be to come to the point where we recognize Him in all those unlikely disguises, because if we do... We will be more than prepared to meet Him, to recognize Him, when He comes in glory.